on the poker show tonight. Tyron's trying, Helmets Gaga, Tats is back, and the Fox is on the hunt. This show's packed, so like a tube of toothpaste, shuffle up and squeeze. Welcome to the Poker Show. Here's some highlights from tonight's show. I'm feeling um, I'm feeling like I need to go to war. It's action time. Poker. Uh, it's a poker. Poker? No, 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 that's that's me. Uh, it's pretty much always an epic fail. World Series of Poker bracelets up, up the yin-yang. We wanted to create an atmosphere in London where we would take poker away from the casinos. So much has happened the last couple of days here in London, WSOP, because, I don't know, it's all happening. You know, I've been here every day. I've been sort of on a, a routine going down to the Empire Casino in the late afternoons, you know, maybe it's 5, 6, 7 o'clock. Uh, but going down there. Uh, then somehow getting the night bus home, you know, staying there watching the thing. It's a real good vibe over there. The main event kicked off the other day. And I, it just, you know, if they had some kind of metrics, and I'll talk about this later in the show, but if they had a metric, because the number's not huge, 340 or so, a couple more than last year, this 10,000 pound main event, World Series of Poker Europe. But if they had a metric for strength of field, and I might make this my new crusade. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm considering it, then this could be one of the strongest fields of all time. Paradoxically, the final table doesn't look that tough. I'm sure there's you know some of the great ones, but we don't really know them. I know a little bit now about the guys on the final table. Why? Because I spent, I, I was up all night last night, uh, basically watching this live streaming coverage of the final two tables. And then today is going to be live streaming coverage on the internet of the final table with whole cards. The caveat is that it's on a five hour delay. Odd. I, I think not because they have to have a five hour delay, but because they want to please the people in America. So I can start at a reasonable time, noon, which obviously means for us over here who, who cares about us. But around 6 p.m. London time, it'll start. Uh, actually, I think it's maybe 5 p.m. London time. Either way, you can get it on, uh, you go to WSOP.com. I think it's live slash live dash video or ESPN3.com or ESPN.com and then find the poker. Uh, or you have, might have to go to 2 plus 2 and go to the televised poker. From, listen. I spent, <laughs> I, I'm not joking, I am not joking, and I, I mean, if there's a guy that's, there's people more technically savvy than me, but certainly nobody's more committed, uh, you know, as far as they should be committed, perhaps, for wanting to watch poker, so I spent, and I, I, I I'm not an idiot, uh, but it took me over an hour to get this, this coverage streaming last night. Um, you know, you have to enter your email address. I had to try and buy a false IP. I mean, I did everything. Three email addresses, four identities, three birth dates, weird professions, weird addresses. I was P.T. Barnum. I was P.J. Barry. Uh, 
nothing would work. Finally, over an hour later, I got the streaming thing happening. And then you, you can't mess with the volume. But whatever. The coverage is actually good. And it's quite unique. Let's be honest. You know, been waiting for this for the World Series of Poker main event for some time. They used to have it a couple of years ago without whole cards, but now here it is with whole cards for the Europe main event. And the final table is going to be great. If you listen to this today, it'll be great. They'll have it archived. Roland DeWolf's on the final table. Do love Roland. <clears throat> anyway, talking a lot. There's got a lot of stuff to go over this show, a lot of business, a uh, lot of fun stuff. Helmet's big entrance and uh, talk with uh, like Cuxseed and Jesus Ferguson together. Uh, the Fox Poker Club opened up last week. I had a great time over there. It's right on Shaftesbury Avenue, right around the corner from the Empire. And this place, talk with the director of poker, Paul Whiting. You'll hear about that later. But this place, I really hope it does well. It should. Um, it's 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 great location. Very friendly. It's got a good vibe. They're going after the small punters. They're going after the guys who want to play a 20-pound tournament, a 50-pound tournament, uh, have something nice to eat, something to drink, and maybe play a one-and-two cash game. And the vibe on the opening night was tremendous. A lot of fun. Uh, they're having a huge festival, 20 and 50 pound tournaments every day, at two o'clock, seven o'clock in the afternoon. You know, check that out. We'll talk about that later. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I, I had, uh, oh, I got, I played a cash game all night one night. I had a little bit to drink, but it, it was, you know what? I have a, a new thing and I, and I, <clears throat> Also played at the Empire one night and uh, kind of late. And the guy came in. He was he was the way I was the next night, which was drunk. Um, you know, he didn't think he was being obnoxious. I didn't think he was being obnoxious, but he was he was he was it was pretty sauced up. Um, you know, chips were spilling that kind of thing. And one of the guys at the table kind of ejected a little bit. And I just kind of was thinking, you know. Thank God that you're still allowed to be drunk in a poker room. A poker room, one of the few public institutions on earth where where you can still, you know, like, there's got to be a place for a person to go when they get drunk. And obviously there's a certain line you can't cross. But if you're not over that line, as far as I'm concerned, you know, people who've had a little bit to drink, a little bit too much to drink perhaps, are still welcome in a public card room as far as I'm concerned, or, or any card room. And I think that's something that should stay. I don't think people should be too quick to get on someone. I mean, where else can you go if you're drunk? You're not going to drive. You can't go to a restaurant. There's a lot of places you can't go. Thank God for public card rooms. Anyway, we'll... Uh, We'll, we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Roland DeWolf, Triple Crown winner, and this is The Poker Show with Mickey Dane. I mean, Jesse May. Hey, Jesse, it's Kim Lansing here. If you don't have a Party Poker account, sign up today using the bonus code POKERSHOW, and we'll match your first deposit up to $500. That's $400 more than normal, but you have to use the bonus code POKERSHOW. Already got a Party Poker account? We've got something for you, too, an exclusive reload bonus. Redeposit using the bonus code POKERSHOW50, and we'll match your deposit up to $50. The main event kicked off, but before it did, I talked to Annette Oberstadt, an all-girl champion of the WSOP Europe. She's getting old. She's getting old. She's 22 years old. She always celebrates her birthday around this time, so she's so much fun. I love her her style these days, or we're dressing, but anyway, incredible. She told me that uh, she's become the tight guy. Annette Oberstadt, not only a former champion of this event, the first champion of this event. You kind of like it here. I love it here. 
I can't really say anything else, can I? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not allowed to. <laughs> no, London is one of my favorite places to play poker. So. What, what, what memory do you have of day one when you first played in, uh, what was it, 2006? Uh, day one was actually a really bad day for me. I uh, screwed up in the beginning. I let people run me over for like the first half of the day. I got down to half my stack. And nobody then, knew who you were. And then, yeah, and then I just went, fuck it, I'm just going to like play like crazy and see what happens because I'm, I'm sick of this. And so that's what I did. And it worked out for a while until day three or so then I got caught in a huge pot where I made a move but yeah no I, I don't think I can do that again so there was like there was like maybe six hours when they had a chance that it had overstock <laughs> and then had live poker and then you were just your old self something like that yeah but uh, I've kind of gone back to who I used to be now because I have to people know how I play now which sucks <laughs> Oh, do you feel like that? You've changed your game a little bit? Oh, I've had to change it a lot. I mean, I'm still, I'm still me, right. so I still play looser than most players, but oh for, me, for me, that's being tight. You're the tight guy now? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> in my <laughs> head, I'm tight. If I, if I fold, like, nine hands in a row, I'm like, right. what the hell is wrong with me? <laughs> All right. Well, this is pretty exciting to be here, so yeah. uh, best of luck in it. Thank you so much. Cheers. You know, Annette's a lady who is, she's once raised 20, 20 pots in a row, and and uh, without looking at her cards, even she doesn't need to. But uh, they were going to get three hundred and forty odd runners, about fifteen more than last year. Good numbers. But uh, before everything began, of course, you had to have the shuffle up and deal. Ladies and gentlemen, poker players and poker fans all over the world, welcome to the casino at the Empire in London, England, at the World Series of Poker Europe main event. Therefore, let's get this thing started. So now, for those of you who are fortunate enough to survive and finish in the money, the total number of entries in prize pool will be announced tomorrow afternoon, or actually two days from now. Some of you will even make it all the way to the final table, which will be played next Tuesday, September 28th. Now, the finale will be televised by ESPN and will be distributed worldwide to over 300 million potential viewers. And... If you are very, very fortunate, you will join the exclusive club of WSOP Europe Champions. To this point, we have had three main event winners. Barry Shulman, the 2009 champion, is here to defend his title. John Juanda, the 2008 winner, which was the longest final table in WSOP history, is playing here as well. And finally, we have the winner of the inaugural 2007 WSOP Europe from Norway. She was the youngest WSOP gold bracelet winner in history and won the WSOP Europe Main Event Championship at the age of 18. Well, she's all grown up now and is here to say <laughs> the most famous words in poker with our button beginning in seat number 9 and our lines being 50 and 100. Ladies and gentlemen, how about a warm WSOP welcome for the first World Series of Poker Europe. I was quite excited as always. I was kind of buzzing around, flitting, couldn't find a table to watch and everything. But the first break happened, and wouldn't you know, ran into to standing there uh, from full tilt, two world champions. That, that's how strong this field is. World champions just lounging about. Huck Seed from 1996 and G. Chris Jesus Ferguson 2001. I just got a chance to talk to him a little bit. I, I was a bit tongue-tied, I have to admit. But anyway, uh, th- these guys are they're heroes. They're legends. They're heroes of the game. Well, I'm standing here with two world champions, Huck Seed and Chris Ferguson. It's 
a big honor. Uh, Huck, you really, uh, you really enjoy London, don't you? You get that feeling lately. Yeah, I do. I mean, uh, we just had a nice walk around the block. You know, it's wherever you go here, there's sights to see and you know, fresh air and a little rain to clear. You know. Because, I mean, you're a guy who doesn't seem to travel that much outside of Vegas, but is London one of the places you really you really like to come? Well, now that poker's gotten so big all around the world, I've been traveling a lot, actually. It's a lot of fun to go play an event somewhere new, see a new place. Uh, yeah, I've had a lot of fun at this tournament. The, all the t- I've played all five events. The Pot Limit Omaha was a lot of fun. The Heads Up tournament, I got really deep. There was a lot of drama and feelings involved there for me. Yeah, you had a uh, you had a match against Howard Lederer. It was it last night or something like that that seemed to go on forever. And he kind of said, "You've got his number." Is that something historically that, that happens? Well, we've just played a lot of heads up recently because uh, we were in the final of the uh, doubles poker championship. Right. Where it was it was uh, Howard and, and Phil Gordon against me and uh, um, why can't I remember my partner's name? He did most of the work. <laughs> Alan Cunningham. Yeah. So and we were paired against each other. So we would play like before the flop against each other, and then. Phil and Alan would play the flop. Oh, right, like in the forth. Caesars Cup last year, yeah. But the way they had it structured is we would always go against each other every street, so it was a pretty long match, so we played a lot of heads up there. And then we got heads up in the Tournament of Champions, and I beat them. But, uh, and we were playing a lot of a lot of pots, you know, three-handed, four-handed, and that. So we've had, a, like, a long little history going recently, so it's been fun. It was nice to get the best of him again then, I guess, yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I didn't see his hands. We were, Me and Chris were just talking about that. I kind of felt like he was running over me, but I didn't see what he had, you know. I made some good plays. I felt like he might have outplayed me, you know, not seeing his hands. But when the... It was the longest match. Right. We, we got done five minutes before. The, the, the other matches were almost starting, and we were still going. We were the last <laughs> match standing, and the blinds got really big, and we got all in ace-queen against ace-king. There was, like, really no play to that hand. And then we got all in king-queen against king-jack, and there was either either way, if he had the king-jack, he was going to call my move in. It's a short structure, but you excel in that, and Chris, you do as well. Two-time uh, NBC heads-up champion. What did you think of this uh, heads-up? Half. We won two half. We won <laughs> Right, well, Huck as well. So, I mean, you guys, this, these heads-up tournaments, uh, do you think they have a real big future as far as poker goes? I, mean, I think so. I mean, I, I think they're great. They definitely have a place. It's, I mean, they're not going to dominate. You know, it's such a social game. It's nice to play with six or nine players. They're not going to dominate. But there's always going to be a place for heads-up. People love these events. Something about the field uh, for this heads-up, and I think a lot of the fields at this Europe, they seem smaller but really exclusive. Don't you like that about po- about when it's like that? I like, playing, I like playing against the best in the world. It really, it really helps me elevate my game, you know, you know yeah. I'm not here to play to, to, to pick on the weaker opponents. I, you know, I really like playing against best. And what do you guys think about the idea of someone winning the WSOP main event Sorry. and the WSOP Europe main event? I mean, is it going to happen at some point? Both of you guys are still in the running for that. If we're, oh, yeah, it'll absolutely happen. I don't, I don't think there's any question. As long as this tournament's around for another 10 years, it'll happen. How many people in the, this tournament have won the main event, you know? Five it's or a six good question. Probably about five or six. Yeah. I mean, yeah. would that be a bigger uh, achievement? Do you think than than winning like ten or eleven bracelets? I mean, uh... if I do it, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 of course not. not. Of course not. <laughs> ten or eleven bracelets is pretty impressive. Still pretty big. That's yeah. impressive. Uh, do you guys do you guys have an opinion on what, whether or not Ivy is going to pass Helmuth in the the next couple of years? Do you think it will I think happen? It's gonna, I think it's going to take a very long time. I mean, people overestimate. Uh, how tough how, it is. How hard it is. Or underestimate how hard it is to win bracelets. 
All right, well, listen, and by best... the way, Bill's not done yet either, so. <laughs> no, he's not. Oh, Helmuth, you mean Phil not... Helmuth. Yeah, well, there you go. Phil Helmuth is <laughs> first Phil has to not win any for a couple of years, and then Phil Ivy has to bang it out every Keep year. Right. Right. Of... He has four more to catch up. Is yeah, it? but he's on an average of over one a year. Okay, listen, best of luck, guys, in the main event. Thanks for talking with me. All right, cheers. Thanks, Huck. Yo, Phil Helmuth, 11-time world champion of poker, bragging again. You're here listening to The Poker Show with Jesse May. Hey, guys, it's Kara Scott here. Enter your email address at thepokershowlive.com and get the show delivered twice a week. The big business of day one, frankly, was the the Helmuth entrance. Now, I don't know if you're aware, but Phil Helmuth always makes a just sort of a massive entrance to the World Series of Poker. It's it, no one even why has it come about? It, it started for whatever reason, but obviously his sponsor Ultimate Bet is such an integral part of their marketing that I think he's like a man trapped in a in a child's body right now. Can't get out of of this thing. He has to go with it and. You know, there was some foo-for-all Doyle Brunson last year kind of criticized Phil and this sort of thing. But, you know, in the scheme of Vegas, it all kind of seems to make sense. You know, uh, the, the the race cars, the 100 girls and the women and all that falling around. In London, you know, it's a bit different. Um, the center of Leicester Square, uh, it, it's just weird. Anyway, we were all told, the journalists, the media, and interested people, to gather at uh, for 4 o'clock, I believe, or 3 o'clock. In front of the Empire Casino, rumor was there was going to be a double-decker bus. We heard about Lady Gaga kind of stuff. Anyway, everyone was gathered out there. Crowd gathered as well in front of the casino. We were waiting for like 25, 30 minutes. Uh, we didn't really know what was going to happen. Finally, and I'm just going to play this little part now. Uh, finally, a double-decker bus pulls up in front of Leicester Square. Uh, unfortunately, it was it was facing the wrong way. I'm just going to describe what's going on. We're standing outside the uh, Empire huge double-decker bus with a band of about 15 dressed in UB gear, the trombones, the drums, the French horns. So it's on the left-hand side, the exit, is it? Right. That's what happened. Right. This is Lady Gaga take two. This is like the bus. It's exactly like Spinal The bus drove the wrong way. So the band actually gets back on the bus with all the Lady Gaga people, and they they drive away to sort of you have to circle the block so they can come back and think it was hysterical. Uh, so we were we we're kind of all waiting then for Lady Gaga take two. But then for me, uh, the highlight of my my entire day, there were a couple of 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 ladies who were kind of had had kind of gathered to see what's going on, young girls. I I, I don't know where they're from. I'm guessing. Is, is Essex a possibility, or 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 Yorkshire, or something like that? Anyway, uh, they wanted to know what all the fuss was about. Have you guys come to see Phil Helmuth? No. 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 You haven't? Yes, have you? <laughs> <laughs> they asked what was on. Yeah. Have you, ever heard of, have you ever heard of Phil Helmuth before? No. no. Who is it? What? <laughs> In the world of poker, he's like 
Yes, the the word is porker. I thought you said porker. I too love that. Anyway, only obviously, only in England are are is poker and porker uh, homonyms. That doesn't doesn't happen in Chicago. Anyway, listen. So Helmuth came back. The the bus came back. We're kind of waiting. Um, the the brass band stepped out, and you know I gotta say this. I mean. Listen, it was a fantastic production. You'll hear some later, the Lady Gaga, the poker face, the dancing woman. But I think they did it a little on the cheap, and I'll have to explain. I don't know how else to say it. Um, this marching band they hired, and, and the ladies, uh, this was not uh, John Philip Sousa from that movie with the, with the, with, with, with the college marching band. Uh, these, this was... Um, I don't know where these guys learned to play their instruments, but uh, it, it sounded, you know, that you know, high school band when you're in about sixth grade. Um, it was a septuagenarian uh, type of band. The, the cymbal player was not a day under 85. And now, as far as I'm concerned, that, that's fine. I have no problem. But if you're an 85 year old cymbal player, you have to be stone deaf because it, it, Anyway, that that's just the way it is. But but so the the band was out there, and I was trying to I wanted to interact a little bit because I was quite fascinated by by who these people were that had, that answered the job to to bring Phil Helmuth to the Empire Casino. So uh, I was talking to Nick Wright um, right before the band started to play, and just wanted to know about this uh, clarinet player who I was standing right next to. Nick, <laughs> it's good right, sport, you're man. on you're on Helmuth watch here, like the rest of us. <laughs> been about uh, 20 minutes do you think it's going to be is it going to be worth the wait uh, it's pretty much always an epic fail <laughs> and uh, that's part of the allure isn't it yeah i mean in terms of crowd numbers i mean people still turning out for it so i guess while well, people still turn up to watch <laughs> helmuth will keep doing it and it's kind of uh, part of the appeal of the whole helmuth image and brand yeah. here comes the brass band i mean let's be honest you got to uh, people love to hate phil helmuth so Long may it continue. I wonder what the over-under is on how many of these band members know how many bracelets he has. Point five. <laughs> the clarinet player here. You don't happen to know how many bracelets Phil Helmuth has, do you? No. That's a, that's a significant that's a, that's, a, that's a no for the clarinet player. Yeah. Finally, it was time for the main event. The 25-piece marching band started to play. The 11 Lady Gaga impersonators got off the bus, started to dance and sing. Phil Helmuth came out, uh, you know, in his all-black thing and was escorted into the the wrong door. He actually went to the movie theater next door by accident and had to do it again. But, you know, Phil is... He kind of had this weird look on his face, like... Oh my gosh! And then he and then he busted out of the event, uh, main event in like two hours. So, but but anyway, it was quite a production. Just have a little taste of of exactly what the full blown music uh, 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 felt like. All 
and all, it, it, it was what it was. I just kept thinking of this line from that Groundhog Day movie. Uh, Words cannot adequately describe uh, a squirrel predicting the weather. I just, I mean, that's that's pretty much where it was. That's where we've come. I do love Phil, though. He's, uh, I don't know, but he's, he's trapped, man. He's completely trapped. Anyway, we'll be right back. Hello, I'm Black Belt Poker's Neil Channing, and you're listening to The Poker Show with Jesse May. Marvelous. Hi, this is Jennifer Haley. Please enter your email address at www.thepokershowlive.com and get the show delivered twice a week. Listen, there were plenty of people who were taking this main event very seriously. It was the toughest field that I've ever seen. Uh, everybody was there. All the bracelet holders, all the big guys. It was just every table was a table of death. Super sick draw. And our good friend uh, Tyron uh, Crossed, the Aussie Millions champion, Team Party Poker was in there. Now, first of all, I, I just got this. I, I really like Tyron. But I've got this thing about his name because I mispronounced his name the first time I saw him. And, and I just got this paranoia thing. So sometimes I call him Tyrants, I just call him Tryon. I just can't, you never get it right. Anyway, but he's 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 very, uh, he's so easygoing, so mellow, such a nice guy, and really a specialist in this big buying event. You know, he's the kind of guy where he's just at a table, and even at a table of death like this, he is one of the toughest players on the table. But he doesn't uh, he doesn't put it out there. He just sits down there and plays. Super super tough guy. But first day was was going to be rough for him. And uh, so I talk with him after the first break and uh, just see how's it going. So, uh, Tyron Cross, uh, WSOP main event day one. Uh, how's it going so far? Uh, well, it just started, so it seems like a, quite a tough table, but you know, it's still early days, so we'll see how it develops. Scott Seaver on your left. Do you know anything about him? He's meant to be pretty lively. Uh, yeah, he's been pretty active to start the day. I mean, he's already three there probably like five times, probably, so it's been really active table. So uh, now, is this your first time playing the WSOP main event? Uh, yeah, it is. And uh, what do you think? A very, very tough field, I mean. Uh, yeah, it's a tough field, but, you know, it's a good tournament, it's a good structure, so I feel like if I can concentrate and really, you know, try and get into it and um, a few hands go my way, maybe something good happens, I feel like I can get in the roll here. What have you been doing in London since the World Open? Uh, I've been doing everything really. I've uh, I went to check out Wimbledon, the tennis center yesterday. That was pretty cool. And uh, I've done a bit of touristy stuff, like uh, the other museums. And you know, London's a great city, so there's it's, so much to do. Yeah, the restaurants are good. Yeah, it's nice. It's almost yeah. like a vacation, a little bit with a little yeah, poker thrown sure. in. It's definitely like that. Uh, are you going to stay in for a little while longer after the main event, or? Uh, yeah, well, hopefully I'll be here for the whole main event, and then. Uh, yeah, and then we'll see if there are other tournaments there, or maybe I'll play them too. And I'm heading home in a couple of weeks' time still. So, and uh, obviously the Aussie Millions is coming up, so that's going to be something you'll really point towards. Yeah, no, it's definitely a bit of a highlight on the calendar for next year. <laughs> so, looking forward to that as well. Do people? Do you think people know know you? I mean, do they recognize you as the Aussie Millions champion, or? Um, yeah, I think it. I don't know. It, it kind of varies. Like some days I get recognized quite often. Other days I can, you know move around played a lot of different tables and I'm just like another internet guy so <laughs> I think it's pretty it changes quite often alright well cheers we'll check back with you during the main event good uh, luck thanks Tyron. Jesse All cheers right. Tyron actually ended that day one on almost no chips at all 16,000 it was, it was just a couple big blinds he looked I, I thought he was out but then he came back the next day 
And wouldn't you know, this is this is why the guy does so well. This is why he's cashed twice in the main event. This is why he's won the Aussie Mill. This is why he's always hanging around, because he does not give up with a short stack. He's such a battler. And so wouldn't you know it, a couple hours into day two, all of a sudden, they're going for the dinner break. The guy's on a stack. The guy is on a half a stack, a stack and a half. He's got a real chance. And... So I, 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 I caught him. Of course, so Tyrone uh, Cross, uh, day two, you've got some chips, and you, you were really low on day one. Yeah, I came into the day with like 13,000, and I've just run it up all day. So I've had a good run of cards and had a few nice situations and played a few, few hands uh, well, so turning around. How's the table draw today compared to yesterday, uh, day one? Uh, I don't think there's any easy tables in this <laughs> tournament. Everywhere you look around, every table's tough. I mean, today I've just there hasn't been any soft spots. At all day, really. So, what was your was your you were just looking to get it in and run run good a little bit today? And now you uh, well, so starting off, I was kind of hovering around twenty big lines for the first two two three levels, and then uh, I doubled up with kings, and then a couple hands later, I doubled up again with aces. So that took me about forty k or fifty k, and uh, from there, I've just had a nice little run of cards, and uh, now I'm kind of it's very active, and everyone's like a three betting machine, so I'm keeping it a bit close to my chest at the moment, and hopefully I'll pick up something. I mean, you're a bit of a specialist in these big buy-in multi-day events. How is this one compared to the World Series and the Aussie Millions? Um... I guess they, any of these long events are, I mean, they share a lot in common because you have to stay focused the whole time and, uh, you know, they're long. So you can tell a lot of people, especially now, they're getting tired and they just want to get their chips in and double up or go home when really they shouldn't be. So I always tend to do better towards the end of the day when people start to fall off. So maybe, you know, I can look for a good situation now. You're not the kind of guy who gets really excited, but is it is it time to get excited yet or is it a couple of days away? No, a couple of days away, I think still. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of work to do now. Who's uh, any players you table you know? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, let's think. Where are you, uh, are you upstairs here? Yeah, there's a few good internet players, and then there's a very good player on my left, but I've forgotten his name, and then uh, Russ Boatman as well, and uh, Kathy Liebert and Eric Sardell on the table earlier. And, They're all uh, tough. <laughs> yeah, Elke was there as well earlier, so that's, uh, they get replaced. They go, and then they get replaced by equally good players. So. All right, we'll have your break, Tyron. Listen, good luck in last level. Thanks, Cheers. Jesse. Good luck. Ran into Roland DeWolf on day two. I mean... Roland's just so funny, you know. He's he's all over the place, and he he actually confessed to me that he had missed part of the uh, of the after the dinner break. He missed an hour uh, because he fell asleep while watching X Factor, you know. And Roland's the kind of guy where he I think he has trouble, you know. He's got you know he's he's got some psychological uh, challenges, as, as you might say. Being that you know he's a genius and also has uh, several attention deficit uh, uh, slash autistic kind of <laughs> ailments. What it all boils down to, I think, is that he has trouble concentrating sometimes. But look, the man is a triple crown winner. He's yeah, he's. I mean, I don't think there's ten guys more talented than him. Uh, I don't know. There's certainly guys who play better than him very often. There are certainly people uh, who have sometimes have better results and this and that. But I don't know if there's 10, 10 guys more talented or smarter than Roland DeWolf. Uh, but he's, uh, he, he has a weird sense of humor. 
And sometimes, uh, like this right now, you'll have to just sort of... This is funny, but... It's, it's very early days. <laughs> but um, I'm just happy to be here. Um, I just feel, uh, feel you know, there's 85 players left, so in this one you get a real shot. And it's, uh, it's a big event, just in this event. And uh, I'm really trying, uh, you know, from the moment I sat down, I'm just really trying to play my best. Here you got chips. <laughs> How'd Arsenal do today? Uh, Anyway, the great news, uh, big news, is Roland's at the final table. You know, he was kind of short-stacked. He was hanging in there. I think at one point it, it, it looked like he was two cards away from getting knocked out. But wouldn't you know, then he shows up. And, and a mature guy at the final table. I think he's dialed down. I was watching him in the final two tables. And the commentators were kind of slating him a little bit for playing what they said was too tight. But... I know what I, I think I know what was going through Roland's mind. Roland has grown up a lot and he is not trying to win this event. There was a bunch of guys in there, uh the final you know, ten, final twelve, trying to win the event from fourteen left. Roland this guy this guy closes. I think he's gonna win this World Series of Poker Europe main event. I think he deserves it. Uh anyway, so excited, the final tables today. But Listen to this. I also ran into well, the guy who was the chip leader. This is right after I talked to Roland. guy who was the chip leader after day one. This is on day two. James Mitchell, Irish Open champion. Got a chance to chat with him. He's another young... You've heard of him. We've done him on the show before. But what I think is quite funny about this is this is right after I've talked to Roland. At the beginning of this interview, you can hear the real Roland. Um, he's got this obsession. A lot of the high stakes players you make that is with uh, Vitaly Lunkin. It's a verb. It's a it's a it's a it's, a, it's, a, it's a something they they say a lot. And at the beginning of this interview, you'll hear Roland in the background just shouting Lunkin, 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 L like he actually is a Russian madman. Anyway, uh, check this out. James Mitchell, Irish Open champion, chip leader at the end of day one. How's day two going for you? Uh, it's been a bit slow. I've got like, the same stack that I started the day with, but structure's really good, so it's not a big deal. We've got a pretty tough table as well. But. Yeah, speaking of tough table, Victor Blum, three seats to your left. Is that fun, or is that kind of it's a little uh, intimidating, or what? Yeah, I've kind of tried to stay out of his way, but I, and I haven't picked up any hands against him, so I think like once I open it, and he three-bet me, and I folded like queen 10 offsuit. Don't really want to be making plays against him because he's kind of a nutcase. But, so, but I mean, he's not really a tournament player, or, but you got to watch out. What, what, what do you think of him? Uh, yeah, he's only been on my table like a few rounds. Um, I don't really know exactly what to expect. Like, I, I'm hoping that he, if he loses a big pot, he might crack up and give all his chips away, but I guess I just got to hope for that. Yeah, well, so what's your goal for the last level? Your uh, last level kind of man. Yeah. Normally I am, but like because I've had kind of not a great day, my table's quite tough. And but like also I've got a bad image as well, so I'm probably just going to play quite tight. Hope to pick up some hands against some guys that don't believe me. Yeah. You're starting to get excited. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, I think you might be the leading Brit in the field right now. This was this was the first big tournament I ever played. Played this when I was 18, and then like I got bad beats, and I felt like it was like million pound bad beats. So <laughs> I'm gonna come back and try and win. All right, good luck, James. Cheers. Cheers. I'm the best now, and I smash it now. I've proved it already. Across European side, across American side. If you don't wind me up anymore, I'm sending everyone broke, and that's the problem. <laughs> hey guys, this is Sinisa. I'm with the Royal Flush Girls. You're listening to the Poker Show with Jesse May and Party Poker. As I mentioned before, one of the fun things about this main event 
getting to watch the live streaming. There's, it's, it's, listen, it's a very unique thing that's going on. You don't get to see this every day. Uh, okay, the final table doesn't have Negrano, it doesn't have Ivy, doesn't have Victor Blom. It almost did. And actually, the final two tables did get to watch Victor Blom, Isildur, we can talk about later, and Ivy. Uh, Roland Wolf's on the final table. And so this streaming is great. David Tuckman, who does uh, some stuff over here, he's American, but he does some stuff over here in Europe. He does the Million Dollar Cash game. Uh, he does some NFL stuff for Sky. He was doing the commentary. And so I just... Uh, Got a little chance to talk with him about what this live stream was going to be about. And if you have time, I recommend you go go watch this. That's what I'm doing today. All right, I'm here with uh, David Tuckman. Now, David, this is really exciting. We're here at the World Series of Poker Europe, and I understand that you're involved and there's a live uh, internet broadcast. There will be a live webcast for the last uh, the last two days, the last three tables. We're going to take it from 27 down to 9 on the first day, and then from 9 down to our champion. And it's cool because, I mean... As far as I'm concerned, World Series of Poker coverage has been missing this a little bit. There are people who want to see what's happening yeah, through the it, whole thing. Exactly. It's about time the World Series of Poker has finally caught up. I mean, it's obviously the premier event of the year. And, you know, there are millions of people that want to watch it, and it's great. And this year it's even better because we've got cards up. Whole cards. Whole will cards be there. Are up. Yes. Yeah. And that, so it's a five-hour delay, but people can watch it where? It's ESPN3? ESPN3.com, and you can watch it live. It'll be a five-hour delay. And that's obviously to keep the integrity of the game so the players, uh, they don't want to give off tails and so forth like that. But at the same time, you know, if you make it from day uh, from the 27 and the 9, you might be able to pick up something on your opponent. Now, I mean, I know you do the full tilt million dollar cash game and stuff like that. But when you come here and look at the strength of this field, this is pretty, pretty incredible, isn't it? I, I really think this is the toughest field of the year. I mean, you've got 300 plus or minus 30 or 40 people. And there's very, very little dead money. I mean, there aren't that many players that satellite into this event. Uh, it's 10,000 pounds. So that accounts to, like, what, 15.5? Yeah. Uh, you know, talking about American dollars. Traveling over here is even more money, you know. So you start looking at this field, and it is the best of the best. And if you can get through this field, you know, really says a lot about your poker game. It's almost a shame they don't have a metric for that. You know, they have a metric for numbers. But if they had a metric for strength of field, like, this would be off the charts, this entire World Series of Poker Europe. Oh, it's like a golf course. I mean, yeah. I am the best golfer in the world at this par three course around my <laughs> I, I shoot literally. I can shoot like a 31. Okay? Right. It's fantastic. Um, but obviously, hey, you're playing in the Masters. You're going to play Pebble Beach or something like that. Or you're playing at, you know, St. Andrews. Hey, there's a metric for that. There should be a metric for poker as well, because winning this tournament, you know, speaks volumes for your poker career. Not that any tournament is easy, but you're not going to get lucky for six days no. against a field like this. All right. So it's uh, Tuesday the 27th, Wednesday the 28th. Is that correct? Uh, or is it Monday? I believe it's Monday the 27th. Monday the 27th and Tuesday, Tuesday the 28th. 28th. But you got the dates right. All right. Perfect. All right. Cheers. Good luck, David. Thanks a lot. One of the bright stars uh, that I see uh, just about every day. I've been in, you know, I've been in London a while. We had the Palm Beach, we've got the uh, WPT, the World Open, the EPT, the WSOP, and a person who I basically see every, every day is uh, the lovely Tashiana, who she's been doing all the video blogs and that kind of thing uh, for Party for Party Poker blogs. Got some great interviews. Her interview with Ivy caused a huge store. A huge storm, a huge stir. Uh, she just got a lot out of them. And she's been going around getting interviews with a lot of players. They're going to be released over the next couple of months. So it's very exciting. And listen, she tweets. Uh, she talks. She parties. She's everywhere. Uh, everybody knows her. All the players like her. So um, had a chance to, you know, just ask Tashiana, hey, what's going on? 
So I'm here with the lovely and now famous Tashiana. Tashiana, I've been following your blog. You've been pretty busy here at the World Series. I have been super busy. Why do you say famous now? Well, you know, on all the Twitter, you're all over the TV, all over the 2 plus 2 forums. You're really, like, you know, making a name. Especially the Party Poker blog, all the videos and stuff. Oh, I'm super proud of the videos I've done now. Um, I'm just finishing up some videos today, and we're continuing tomorrow, and then we're going to go to the um, studio, and we're going to cut them all. I got amazing people. I got Mike Matisau, I got Daniel Negreanu, I got... Oh my god, Patch Contonios, everybody. And I got such great chat out of everybody. We were talking about poker. I spoke to Huck Seed about poker before the 96. I spoke to Mike Matisau about cats. He's a cat man, I didn't know that. Um, Phil Helmuth was uh, commenting on the players today. Um, he was commenting how he's never done drugs, how a lot of players do drugs, so that's going to be an interesting one. Everybody loves to talk to you. It's like you just seem to get a little bit more. I mean, that interview with Phil Ivey, that must have been pretty exciting because he never talks to anyone. That was actually like, I didn't realize what happened after I got the interview. After I got it, the interview like went crazy. And he was like, oh my god, you got Phil, you got Phil. Yeah. And I was like, well, I just kind of came up to him and said, could I have, oh, there's champagne to Phil's interview. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, Hi, can I have an interview? And you know, the worst thing that can happen is him saying no. So these will be coming out over the next couple of weeks on Party Poker Blog. It's what, Negranu, Mattisau, Huxley? That's awesome. Oh, actually, I don't even know who I got. Like, I just kind of stormed in, got everybody. Um, Antonio Spandiari talked about uh, his side of the story when Phil, like, went all crazy in the sand. Car. I can't even remember. How do you call this? ATV, ATM, ATV. Oh right, the accident. Yeah. Right. I spoke. I spoke to Antonio about it because he, he was. Died. Yeah. Yeah, because he was watching the car go left, and he was like describing how it all happened, and it was like scary to even listen to and see your best it friend. Was, it was as near death as. Yeah. As they said right. So and then I spoke cool. to Jennifer about it, you know, because she wasn't there and she couldn't come. So I was kind of getting angles from everything. And uh, I'm really, really happy about it because we got a lot of timeless stuff. Now, I saw on your Twitter you were trying to track down uh, Isildur, Victor Blom. Any, any luck with that? Or? I spoke to Victor, yeah. and I did not get him on camera on purpose because... No, no one. No, he won't, he won't give any interviews. So I, I didn't want to get him on camera right. because um, I don't want him to think that like, I'm here just to abuse him. I told him, like, you broke my heart when you didn't come to London. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry. That was enough for me. So uh, when we become friends one day, I'm sure he'll come on camera with me. What, what do you make of him? He's doing well in this tournament right now, the main it's event. amazing. Yeah. I wasn't even expecting that. Yeah. And then again, you know, I was reading Daniel, and he kind of busted, and I was gutted about that. And then... Uh, Dan Fleischman's in. Yeah. And uh, I'm a regular visitor at his parties. <laughs> oh, we He's went... very popular for people who normally runs the Victory Poker and also uh, he the... yeah, hosts the best parties in the world. He does, and he hosts the best charity parties in the world. Right. We played the tournament a few days ago, and it was absolutely insane. Like, I think the creme de la creme of poker world showed up at this event at Crockford's. It was amazing. Everybody, from Tom Blonde's girlfriend to Phil Ivey to uh, Madison again to, like, the whole Victory Poker team, every everybody was there. It it's was insane. The, it's like been the scene here. It's a lot more fun than, in fact, World Series in Las Vegas, isn't it? Because it seems so exclusive. Because I think because the venue is like much smaller, so everybody kind of hangs here. Yeah. And um, if you go outside the Leicester Square, it's carnage out there. So you want to stay in here, especially on Saturday night. And uh, I don't know. I kind of feel that I'm like getting to know players better, and we hang out more, and I kind of get like this access where everybody wants to like talk about other things because I want to concentrate not only on poker because everybody's talking about it all the time.
Oh, you've got you've got access now. Tell me about like your favorite places that you've been outside of the casinos here in London. You know, maybe a nightclub, a bar, what restaurant? I don't know. I have no idea. Like I've been you get here. Everywhere. Um, I've been here since like the beginning of September. Yeah. But I found this really cute, uh, half Mexican, half Polish restaurant in Mayfair, which was amazing. Right. And I could never believe that, so I, I ran <laughs> off there. And um, occasionally, uh, Matt Parvis was here from Poker News, so we were kind of exploring the city because he didn't spend a lot of time sightseeing. He left. But we miss you. <laughs> and uh, I'm going shopping with the Poker News boys. Wow. So, yeah, I'm kind of getting out there. Now, as far as this main event goes, there's like 30 players left in. Who, who do you have your eye on in particular? Ivy, of course. Obviously. Right? I mean, like, yeah. I, I shouldn't even say it because everybody knows. I wasn't really, like, strong about it because the first two days he was really, really struggling. I was pulling his chips. But now he's, like, he's getting there. And um, Roland... Because um, I've been enjoying interviewing Roland. Because everybody says, like, oh, he's always rude and this and that. And he's so much fun. He's so much fun. He's, like, so nice. Yeah. And we did the interviews, like, a few times. And he's always complimenting me. And it's really, really nice. Like I'm with you. I'm always rooting for Roland, yeah. Yeah, and I'm um, waiting for Gus to win the heads up. There was some talk that he's going to go and do it in Vegas. Okay. But um, they did it here. And I think I think Gus deserves to win this one. Yes. After everything that's been going on for him in poker and yeah. private life, he needs to get this bracelet. Excellent. I'm with you as well. Now, what are you doing after this? Any WPTs coming up maybe? Or is it wait and see what's going on? I am opening Cuba on Lush Too. It's a familiar sound to you. The popping corks, right? <laughs> I am going to do the Drive the Dream with Party Poker. Yeah. Because uh, somebody's going to win an Aston Martin. Right. And I'm going to be there. That's so. at the Mint. Yeah, next yeah. week. So you make sure you follow me. And after that, I am going to Spain for some other engagements. And then I might, they're convincing me to come to Vegas because I've met so many people now over the, like, the past three weeks. Yeah. And everybody's like, you got to come to Vegas, you got to come to Vegas. So I might hop over there. And then it's Budapest for another tournament. And then it's WPT Amnaville. I was a little bit skeptical about that one because it's like in the middle of France and it's kind of like takes a while to get there and everything. But then I heard that a lot of people are coming there. So I think it's going to be so much fun. Nice one. Well, listen, love your videos. Obviously, people can watch your interviews. They're awesome. And they can follow you on Twitter as well. So yes, it's Tatty Tats, T-A-T-T-Y-T-A-T-S. I'm thinking about changing it to my real name because it's so complicated. <laughs> it's due to But Chris. you can go to Poker News and, and follow your link from there as well. Yes, yeah. I am. Thank you, Poker News, for putting me there. It took me three months to convince you, Mad Parvis. <laughs> but I did it. And, um, yeah, I'm trying to... I'm thinking about changing it to my real name now, but nobody can pronounce my last name <laughs> so you know I'll, um, I'm enjoying myself I've got a, like a super busy schedule until Christmas all packed with WPTs which is great nice I hope to see you on the on the tour Tashiana alright thank thanks for talking with us alright what's up guys it's Dragon here you're listening to the Party Poker show with Jesse May and Party Poker Winning at poker isn't getting easier, so take your game to the next level with exclusive chapters from Dusty Schmidt's groundbreaking book, Treat Your Poker Like a Business. Dusty Schmidt played in Party Poker's big game back in February. He's the ultimate grinder with a mind-blowing win rate. He's won over $3 million in cash games, and he's never had a losing month. 
Now, Dusty's new book, Treat Your Poker Like a Business, shows you how to get serious about your poker and turn your hobby into a profitable enterprise. You can download exclusive chapters now by entering your email address at thepokershowlive.com. I had a great time this week over at the Fox Poker Club. I've been hearing about this club. Apparently, they've been trying to open for five years, but that's some licensing issues. Don't know. Uh, so a couple guys, the Henda Mob, are involved in the club. Uh, you know, it's sort of the um, oversight way. Maybe they're investors. I don't know. Joe Beavers, Barney Boatman. But you know what? They have put together, whoever's involved in this thing, has put together a team of, as far as I can see, some of the best poker people in, in the U.K., uh, you know, they, they poached a couple guys, they, they, they're around, so they know, they know who knew who they want, they know who knows what they're doing, and I went over for opening night to this Fox Poker Club, the room's gorgeous, first of all, it's on the second floor, and I walk up the stairs, but it's big, um, very big, they got a nice bar area, uh, a nice, uh, you know, food, uh, kitchen area, and they can accommodate, like, you know, over 10 tables as far as the tournaments go, and still have another 6, 7, 8 for cash games. So easy to have a tournament for over 100 people. Uh, I played in the tournament, had a great time. It was dealer dealt, very good vibe, very friendly. You know, it's the kind of place, the dealers, the floor, everyone's going to learn your name, and uh, you're allowed to drink in there. You just have a good time. What a great place to go with 20 pounds or 50 pounds, 2 p.m. or 7 p.m. when the tournaments go. Now, there are going to be a little bit of competition with the Empire. That's, that's, that's clear. But the way I see it, uh, you know, the Empire is a different sort of vibe. It's more of a casino vibe. Uh, you're going to get more casino walk-in traffic. It's, the Empire might have more consistent in the late hours of uh, the cash games, but they're not, they don't do tournaments, you know, not like they do it at the Fox. And the Fox is going to be a place for people who want to, you know, get in that regular tournament thing, have a bit of fun, maybe play a cash game if they bust out. So, you know, you, you can do both. But anyway, talk with Paul Whiting, who's the who's the poker director of poker. And he's a great guy. They have just they have a great staff there, frankly. And I've been there twice already. I'm going to go back. So I'm here with Paul Whiting, and we're uh, we're in the middle of the new club opening night. And you want, now, what's your what's your official title here, Paul? Uh, the official title is the director of poker. Well, congratulations, first of all, because I mean you've got a full room on your opening night. You couldn't be happier than this, could you? To be honest, this is far better than what we could have could have imagined. You know, it's absolutely fantastic. We've had 86 players in tonight's tournament, and we had 61 this afternoon. And it, a really good vibe as well. I mean, everyone was buzzing in here, the bar, and just people standing around. Just seems like everyone's delighted for you guys that you guys have done this. I think a lot of people have been waiting for this club to open for you know, quite a, quite yeah. a long time. Now. <laughs> We've um, had a false opening in the past, but you know, everything's this has all been resolved. And to be honest, you know, this is you know a fun a fun poker destination for people to come to. Now, you've been involved with uh, poker in the UK for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. what, what did you want to do different in this club? What did you want? What do you want to make it special about it? We wanted to create an atmosphere in London where we would take poker away from the casinos and you know, just generally take it back to the masses. So it's fun, you know, it's relatively inexpensive, and I think it's, you know, there's a huge market out there for that. Definitely, and I mean, bringing people in, it sounds like, at least for the first couple of months, there's a 20-pound tournament, a 50-pound tournament, that sort of size, mm -hmm. maybe bigger once a month, mm -hmm. and people are lining up to play this thing. I think so, and when it gets into October, we have 
um, a group of tournaments sponsored by PKR, which is London Calling, right. which obviously we're very excited about. Okay, well, wh- when's that going to start? That starts on the 5th of October, right. and it finishes on the 7th of November. A month long, right? A month so, long festival. And what's what's that going to? What are the buy-ins going to be? What's it going to be highlighted by? Again, the main events will be a three hundred pound Nolimit Hold'em, and every other event will range between twenty pounds and one hundred pound for a buy-in. Right, and those are like two o'clock and seven o'clock, like two o'clock, here. four o'clock, and seven o'clock. Right, perfect. And we have we have Hold'em, we have Omaha Horse, you know, short-handed Hold'em, heads up, right. you name it, it's there. <laughs> Now, what I like about I mean, one of the things, the size of this room is very nice. First of all, it's spacious, but it looks like you guys can accommodate about 100 runners in a tournament, which well, again, know, maybe we, 80, 90, yeah. yeah. I mean, we proved that tonight. We can do that very comfortably. Yeah. If it comes to it, we can easily you know, easy see 150 to see 100 players. And uh, obviously, you're not starting out 24 hours. Is that just to see how things go? It's just a tester. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's a few venues that are 24 hours. But again, you see by the numbers tonight that there's a lot of players out there that you know are quite happy to have a, an old-fashioned closing time. Yeah, and I don't know where you... I mean, it's like it was kind of a soft opening. I mean, I saw it on the forums and stuff like that. But obviously, people were buzzing for it because, I mean, to be packed like this on the opening night means people really... They want a live place, don't they? Yeah. And again, it's, you know, the, the strength of our, our membership proves that. Free opening, we had roughly two and a half to 3,000 advanced members. Right. So. Now, do you, do you see, like, because I've noticed that it seems like while the internet was so big a couple of years ago, people are almost coming back to live poker. Have, have you noticed that? We, um, across a lot of venues in the UK, we have, um, we have seen that trend. And it mainly becomes, I think that's the, introdu- the internet now introduces, pe- introduces people to poker. And I think once they get, you know, they play the internet, it's not as sociable you know, as, it, as it could be. Right. I mean, the internet has made you know, huge advances. But I think people play online and then they just want to test themselves live. Yeah. You know, they like the interaction. And it just seems like this is going to be a place where, obviously, there are big games around London. You know, everybody hears about them. But this is the kind of place for the person who wants to play the 50-pound, the 100-pound, wants to play the 1-2 game, which, to be frank, that's fun. Again, you know, it's affordable. It's fun. And I suppose, you know, in, in hard times like this, you know, it's what people, you know... It's what they're prepared to spend. Now, I heard about this club because I, I guess there's a couple sort of the bigger London poker players who are kind of involved, and that must be nice to have that sort of, I don't know, backing, maybe not financially, but as far as, you know, them giving their advice about what they want to see in a club. It does. I mean, these guys, you know, they play poker you know, for a long time. They've played in all, all around the world. Their, you know, their experience and input is always going to be welcome. And as far as, like, London as a poker destination, because you've been seeing it for a couple of years, you know, over at the Empire and stuff, doesn't it feel like this is the first year when it's just everybody in the world has come to London? It does. I mean, the WSOPE is, you know, it's done wonders for poker in London. You know, it's into year three, but now, you know, we've got the WPT, the EPT, WSOP, we've got the new club on Shaftesbury Avenue. You know, it's, it is, you know, a poker player's paradise. Yeah, well, anyway, I've been having fun, so I just want to thank you. And people should come down here. I got knocked out of the tournament. I'm losing in the cash game. I don't care. I'm, I'm, I don't care. It's been a great time. Perfect. Thank all you right. very much. Cheers, Paul. Thank Thanks. you. Well, that's all we have time for tonight. You know? Listen, uh, I, I gotta leave. We gotta leave you with something special. This is uh, for for you. Just want a little bit more complete picture. This is sort of the reprise of the marching band's rendition of Lady Gaga's Poker Face, a la Phil Helmuth. See you next time.
you out of that one. That was thoroughly enjoyable.